0: So, are you DTFF?
1: Once again, here's Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your host, Jake Trowbridge and Dustin Lunt.
2: Good evening, everyone. Happy Tuesday if you're joining us live. Thank you so much. We have got a great episode this evening. If you can't tell, third person joining us. Um, I suppose if you're listening to us after the fact, you wouldn't know that. But uh, yes, we have a very special guest uh, back on the show, Uh, repeat guest. uh, Zach, welcome to the show. How are you doing this evening?
0: I am doing very well,
2: Dustin. It's good to be back.
0: Multiple multiple-time guest of this show. One of my favorite shows.
2: Yeah, you listen to one of my favorite shows to come guest on, you guys are
0: a blast.
2: Oh, Yeah, you're in very rare air here as the multiple-time returning guest on our show. I think
1: this is a three-peat, if I'm not mistaken for you, Zach. And we could be no happier, possibly. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially, especially, given what we're talking about in this episode, it just feels like the perfect marriage yet again. We're back at it. I love, I love, I love the rookies. You know that, you know that
2: too. And there's no one better. You know, I just, uh, didn't announce it here when I introduced you, but co-host of the dynasty dummies podcast. Um, and I just want to say, uh, I look forward to the Hoot Nanny every year. Uh, it's one of my favorite strings of podcasts listened to because you guys just, uh, the amount of information you pack into those episodes is incredible, so I, I applaud you on job well done with that because it is, it is just great quality uh, uh, analysis.
0: It's so much fun. It's really the credit should go to J. Mike though. Like he, he's the one that that hosts it. He's the one that that packs everything in. I'm I'm just the the you know the the mouth. He he does he does all the the yeoman's work. So. <laughs>
2: Well, before we get into all of our rookie discussion, um, I got to say hi to Jake, my co-host. How are you doing this evening, sir? Wonderful. Wonderful. Wonderful.
1: Uh, Trying my best to block out certain chunks of this weekend, maybe for a certain team that we don't have to talk about, that we happen to like (laughs) as NFL fans. Uh, But outside of that, I'm doing pretty phenomenal. Uh, It feels like we're breezing right through this, this schedule here, already into week eight of the NFL season. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, I don't get how we got here. Frankly, I think I browned out for a large chunk of uh, of the season. But yeah, I was looking at our home league, and we're already sitting here more than halfway through our fantasy regular season. So, Dustin, are you ready to close this thing out? Are you ready to to drift in to the second half of this season?
2: Well, at this point, it feels like it's going to be a slog getting to the end of the season here, just uh, with the amount of injuries. Uh, I know this week we have no buys on the on the radar, so that's nice. But I know we're going to have plenty of them coming up here to have to uh, work through uh, making those starts at decisions even more critical. Uh, and I'll admit, I've been a little under par this 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 fantasy season so far. So maybe I can turn it around here in the second half and make something happen.
1: That's what you, you got to hope for. That's what you got to hope for. Well, if you're relying on a few of these players that we have some news about, uh, that's not going to help things. Speaking of injuries, Zach Ertz going to IR. It's it's a bummer. Zach Ertz started out the season actually looking like a very respectable tight end that you could use, you know, especially those first few weeks. Now he's out. Uh, he was already kind of being overtaken by Trey McBride, though, the last couple of weeks. So, Zach, is there any inclination for you uh from a short-term perspective to put a lot into Trey McBride or is it still a strictly longer term play? I mean it's it'll be
0: interesting to see how they use him, but again, still a, a younger tight end. He's you can't he can't be young anymore, but he's a younger tight end. And he was a, a really fun prospect, uh, really athletic, really talented coming out. So uh, Dynasty wise, a player that I'm excited about one of the when I when I take my scatter shot tight end approach, McBride is is often one of the tight ends that I target. Uh and so it'll be interesting still not a great offense in Arizona. And so it, it'll be interesting to see how he gets used, see if he can kind of fall into the end zone and and make your bones that way, but not not I don't expect Trey McBride to be a top five tight end, you know, the rest of the
1: way. That's fair. Good. Mm-hmm. Good to lower those expectations. <laughs> for People who kind of get a little crazy. I think we all get a little crazy with tight ends because they're so sparse. So, so I understand it. Uh, Dustin, anything? I mean, I guess a streaming option for you to consider. Joshua Dobbs is trying his yeah. best today with this offense, but it's tough.
2: He is. Uh, yeah, I guess he, you know, play the matchups. There, there's worse options out there than him. Um, maybe he'll get a little bit more run if Kyler returns here. I know that window's been opened up for Kyler to come back. So uh, that that's something to look at, too, as, as if Kyler returns, you know, how if he kind of focuses on uh, McBride there or, you know, more of the wide receivers.
1: Yeah. Well, other bad tight end news. Dawson Knox uh, getting surgery done on his wrist. So. Definitely not going to be a quick return for him. Why don't we preview? This is a rookie episode, after all, Mm -hmm. that we're we're checking in on these guys. So Dalton Kincaid, all of a sudden now, here's your opportunity, kid. So Zach, I guess a two-parter. A, how do you feel about what he's actually done to this point? And does he warrant this serious hype that he's getting now, given the situation? So Kincaid has been fine. I mean, he's he's sitting
0: around tight end 20 on the season, been kind of a a give and take between him and, and Knox. I do think, though, that what we do now in Dynasty, where we push guys up so fast and we get so excited and then we move on to the next big thing when that doesn't pan out, I, I think right now is a potential sell window on Kincaid because I think people are going to be really excited about Kincaid. And I think he's fine. I think he's a, he's a good tight end. But when, when we did our, our hootenanny and we talked tight ends, it was Sam Laporta and then a pretty big gap. And then I had Michael Mayer and then Kincaid. So Kincaid's a, a player that I like to roster, but if everybody is going to get really excited and and move Kincaid up in dynasty, Further than I think is commensurate with what he's going to produce, then I I think it's a, a decent sell window. But if you are looking for mid range tight end production, Kincaid should walk into that. I mean, it's a should be a good offense. They've been a little suspect, but that that's a that's a, a high power offense when things are right when Josh Allen is rolling and. Kincaid can get down the field a little bit. He's a, a player who, as a tight end, which is pretty rare, can, you know, put up a week in two catches, you know, because he can actually get down the field, stretch the field, get that seam. And and so he's he's a good player, but I think we're a little too excited. We get that rookie fever. We want him to happen much sooner,
1: much quicker than he than he actually will the opposite Mm -hmm. of Zachary's uh, (laughs) athleticism-wise, essentially, at this stage in in their respective careers. Dustin, let's talk about running backs real quick. So Jerome Ford is out a couple of weeks. I'm very sad. I picked up Jerome Mm -hmm. Ford once Nick Chubb went out. I was very excited that I made the right choice, it seemed like, out of him and Kareem Hunt. And now Jerome Ford's out. So now the question becomes, Kareem Hunt or Pierre Strong, if you're looking at your waivers, Dustin— And you might be doing this in our home league, to be fair. Do you have a a preference to who you're picking up? Give me your Uh, dirty little secrets. I think I'm going to
2: go with Pierre Strong here. Um, It is sad to see Ford go out. Uh, He was producing, you know, not Nick Chubb levels, but I mean, he was producing very, very well uh, in in an offense that was really lacking any sort of stars and and offensive firepower. So, uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Pierre Strong. Uh, You know, we all thought when Kareem Hunt was, signed onto the squad oh he's the automatic he's gonna you know insert him here he's producing this offense previously yada 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 he's been fine but he is definitely not the feature back that he once was so give me Pierre strong the younger guy um more of the traditional uh nick chubb type runner in the offense and and kareem hunt
1: will continue to kind of have that receiving role i can get on board with that zach what are your thoughts on these two the interesting thing, though, with Hunt, I think. So
0: I, I I agree, Dustin, with you. But I think that Hunt is going to be that vulture in in the goal. He was even that with with Chubb for a for a long time. Where and it would frustrate the heck out of me because I love Nick Chubb. I, you know, he's a, a the for my money the best runner runner in the NFL. He, he you know you'd see him take that you know forty or fifty or sixty yard. Run and and it's just fantastic. They get to like the five, and all of a sudden, Kareem Hunt trots in. I'm like, <laughs> you got to be kidding me. So, so while I agree with you that Pierre Strong is is far more dynamic and will probably get some between the tackles work, I'm really concerned that Hunt is going to come in, usurp the goal line work. Get the touchdowns. He had two touchdowns last week on just 31 yards. I mean, that's that, that's where we're at. So it's a uh, it's not as exciting a backfield as it was
1: two <laughs> running backs ago, or even with Jerome Ford. Mm-hmm. Got to give it to the Browns for finding new ways to bum us out. Just seems like every <laughs> single week. So congratulations, Cleveland. You did it again, uh, Dustin. Speaking of doing it again, uh, are you ready? <laughs> Are you ready to pay out from last week, by the way, of the bet no. that we made at the end of I'm last not. week's show? I'm no? not. No. Well, why don't you mentally brace yourself? I'll give I'll give the audience just a very quick little recap of what happened. Uh, our guest as well. So at the end of every show, we like to make a little bet, go head-to-head uh, NFL team versus NFL team that's actually playing each other that week. Last week, Dustin was allowed to make the bet. He could pick whatever Mm -hmm. thing came into his mind, and it came into a position group versus a position group. And it was the Miami Dolphins wide receivers versus the Philadelphia Eagles wide receivers. I recall saying that Philly was probably going to route through one specific wide receiver, whereas we would benefit Eric and myself from the Dolphins plethora. And in fact, I don't have to just pretend that we can show that. Roll the clip. No, I think we've uh we just sit back and and watch Dustin have to score him next week as one no. of the receivers
2: gets everything. No, no, no. I'm gonna be watching you two okay. do shots next week and it's gonna be terrific.
1: Terrific.
2: Thank you for that, Jake. That that You're is very amazing. Welcome.
1: I think Eric is the happiest out of all of us because uh, he didn't really know what was going on, to be quite fair, but he jumped in and was a very willing participant. So, Dustin, yes, as the video showed, our listeners didn't get to see that, but the Miami receivers totaled 46.6 PPR points, Philadelphia 39.9, and the vast majority of that did go through AJ Brown. Blah,
2: blah, blah. You're right again. Um, all the more reason that I, I have to do this, and Jake. Jake and Eric, if you catch us after the fact, you both are amazing fantasy football prognosticators slash geniuses. Congratulations.
1: I thank you for saying that. Uh, thank you to Fireball, not a sponsor yet, uh, for providing Dustin and his embarrassment fuel in that. Not embarrassment. It's really just fuel to hopefully get this one right at the end of today's mm-hmm.
2: show. That's right. That's right. All right, Jake, should we move on to our favorite segment of the Drunk Trade? Let's do it. Drunk. Drunk.
1: Drunk. 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 Hammer. Drunk. 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 Drunk Trade of the Week. Gentlemen, we are lucky. We are so lucky to be provided this week's Drunk Trade from Reddit. They're back. They're back, baby. Reddit uh offered up this one, and it's very timely. So this is kind of a concept trade as well. I the trade itself is what it is, but I'm curious to get both of your reactions to the concept of this trade. So it comes from KO Zeus, who says, I needed a bye week fill-in at running back this week. So I traded what's likely a late 2024 second round pick for Antonio Gibson. We'll find out tonight. This was submitted yesterday. We'll find out tonight on Monday Night Football if his 4.1 points of contribution end up mattering. The situation was this. The uh, submitter here was up nine points with Brock Purdy, K.J. Osborne, and Jake Moody left to go. And the other team had CMC. So I did a little bit of legwork here and figured out in the typical scoring format what ended up happening. So again, they were already up by nine points. That grouping uh, had gotten him 31.5 points, and CMC got 22.6 points. So Antonio Gibson did not matter in this situation. His 4.2 points did not matter in that. Now, hey, you get an extra few points to add on to your uh, total points for the season. Maybe a tiebreaker comes into play at some point. But I'm curious about the philosophy behind this. Zach, do you do this? Is this your mentality when you're in dynasty and you say, I gotta scrape together a win? I'm gonna do a fill-in piece trade like this. So I don't mind doing
0: a fill-in-piece trade, but Antonio Gibson is kind of a perennially descending asset in terms of value in dynasty. So if I'm if I'm gonna make a trade, especially for a week. I'm going to go try to get one of these backup running backs I can get for cheap. Who's going to fill in for a week. Uh, Dante Foreman last week. And and obviously that looks great because he, he had a, a great week, but like somebody like that, I'll, I'll go, you know, make a play. Or if I get flex spots, I got to be able to find somebody who's going to put up at least Antonio Gibson numbers on my, on my bench. There's, there's gotta be some way to maneuver this. So I like, and I'm not, I like second round picks in season don't matter to me. I will trade those. Like the those do not matter until I'm on the clock, until I'm ready to make, you know, my draft picks and my rookie drafts. And oftentimes I don't have next year or this year's second, like the the coming year second because I traded it last year cuz I like to <laughs> buy on credit. So, I, I don't I don't dislike the strategy maybe do this like Three beers deep instead of six, and, and get somebody better than Antonio Gibson.
1: I love yeah. that. Dustin, yeah, I, I what's agree. Threshold?
2: Yeah, I I agree with Zach. I I think the 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 rationale behind this is is correct. It's spot on. Yeah, giving up what you're expecting to be a late second uh, for a running back or a bye week feel, and I think that is the right move. Uh, I I would have hoped that yeah, Antonio Gibson's not the answer. But maybe in this league that's all he was able to get for that price. You know, we don't know the league or uh, you know any of the anything surrounding it. So maybe this was the best offer he could get uh, for that late second. So uh, but yeah I love the the philosophy behind it or the rationale behind it. I, I'm all for it and I think that is the right move, uh, especially if if you feel like it's gonna be a close week and you're not real confident on uh, any of your bench assets.
1: I've learned that I'm much stingier with my picks than you guys are. That's actually not surprising. I'm a very cheap person by nature, so I shouldn't be (laughs) shocked by it. But I look at seconds like, oh, man, I'm going to hoard second round picks. Third round picks, that's where I get crazy and I just start firing them out for for anything. Uh, But I think it's probably tough at this point to find, maybe it's not, a fill-in running back for a third round that you'd feel comfortable with throwing out. Like you said, yeah, down to Foreman. I could get on that train. Uh, you know, you could have just picked up Amari DiMarcado and started him like everybody said to this week. Nobody bailed on him after last week's dud performance, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Thank you, Reddit, as mm-hmm. always.
2: As always, thank you. All right. So should we get into the main event here and really dive into these uh, rookies and kind of the state of the state on, on this year's rookie class. Are we all in? I'm excited. I'm in. All right. So I'm not going to start with Jake, your first question there. Um, I'm going to skip over it because it's what I want to do. Uh, so, Zach, which rookie has surprised you most to this point, whether it's good or bad? We don't care. Or if you do want want to do one of each.
0: it's It's really easy. The good is really easy. I mean, it's Puka Nakula. Mm-hmm. Like fifth round pick, uh, a player that I had graded out as I think my ninth or tenth wide receiver in the class. Like, this was not a player that I was really excited about coming into the season. Yeah, he popped off at the senior bowl, but that's such a small sample size that it, it's really tough. And to me, the the idea of the way, the way running backs function and the way wide receivers function when there's a, a fill in, when there's an injury, so like the Cooper Cup injury. Generally, I, I think of running backs as an elevator where the next guy comes in, goes up to the top floor, and then he goes. Whereas wide receivers, I tend to think of as an escalator because the player who's coming in doesn't move into that number one role. There are at least two other receivers ahead of him. And the, the targets get allocated to the talent. Puken Nakua coming in as a fifth rounder. You're not expecting him to have the talent to drive the targets. After that first week, you're like, okay, well, this may be a fluke. We've seen Ogletree do this. We've seen Travis Fulgham do this. But he continued. And he continued. And he continued, and Cooper Cup came back, and he continued, and he continued. And so this is bona fide wide receiver, Puka Nakua, who everybody but Derek Brown that I know of absolutely biffed on.
2: Yeah, who knew that he was having brunch with uh, Matt Stafford here in the (laughs) offseason?
1: All the difference, doesn't it? (laughs) And like with Puka little... Nakua, so you you saw, like, he came back. I know everybody was a little disappointed the first week back for Cooper Cup because, oh, man, Cooper Cup got everything. Now, Puka throwing back on the trash heap. This is what we expected all along. And then he comes back the very next week It's like, oh, remember me? I'm still really good here. And you're saying, like, the re- the rest of the way you could anticipate him being that, right? Or are you expecting he any crack should... br- off? Yeah, he sh- like, this is – we've seen
0: what the offense looks like. In Los Angeles, we've seen what Puka Nakua looks like. We've seen him be able to separate against man. And the thing that he does really well, which is super cool, and especially within the framework of that offense working, obviously, Cooper Cup, he attacks zone defenses really well. He does a really good job finding those because there's there's a transition point in a zone defense because you're covering areas, not players. And so there's a handoff point. Where one defender hands off the receiver to the next defender who's covering the next area, and Nakua does a really good job finding out where that handoff point is and stopping, because now nobody's got him and he's created a lane for the quarterback to throw. He's been really good at that. And the other thing is, you know, it's yes, he, his his college performance was underwhelming, his draft capital was underwhelming, but. What he is doing in the NFL matters more than any of that. Like that, that is what matters. And you've seen perennially four teams a year be able to sustain two top 24 wide receivers. And this is something I harp on a lot with on the Dynasty Dummies podcast. We actually did an entire episode coming into the preseason about this because people look at, oh, he's just a slot receiver. Oh, he's a wide receiver too on a team. Four teams every year, almost invariably, support two top 24 wide receivers. And Matthew Stafford has done it a bunch. And so to to see Nakua do that and to see him do it continued with Cooper Cup, I expect him to be a very, very good player. I think he's up to maybe top 17 wide receivers in, in DLF already. And I expect him to probably climb in ADP
2: uh, going forward. Mm -hmm. Now, what about on the flip side here? Um, And I know it's too early to declare any sort of rookies a bust, uh, but but who's been underperforming so far that uh, you're a little surprised at? So uh, there there are a couple. Uh, The
0: first one is pretty obvious is Quentin Johnston. Uh, He was kind of consensus top four wide receiver coming out in this class went to uh, the Chargers, ended up with the big-arm quarterback and Justin Herbert. You're like, oh, this is going to be fantastic because Quentin Johnston can get downfield and, and win jump balls. Mike Williams goes down. You're like, this is – you know, you couldn't script it any better for Quentin Johnston, and immediately he has four targets in two weeks, and Josh Palmer is the guy. Like, that's, that's exactly what you expected. So the, the Quentin Johnston thing – that is a little surprising, although if you go back and, and look at my write-up of Quentin Johnston, I I I gave him the, the white whale, the Moby Dick, where we're all chasing the Calvin Johnson, we're all chasing the DK Metcalf, we're chasing the big X wide receivers, and we forget about Nikhil Harry. We forget about Kevin White. We forget about mm-hmm. all of these X wide receivers who didn't quite separate downfield, didn't quite get targeted in the areas where they could succeed closer to the line of scrimmage. And so that one is a surprise, but not completely blindsided. The other player who, and he did well this week, but has disappointed the community at large because Jackson Smith and Jigba was the wide receiver one, almost undisputed in this class. He was my two, but still up there. Like this, like for him to not come out and draw targets or draw a ton of targets, even in that Seattle offense with DK Metcalf with Tyler Lockett, it's been a little bit underwhelming. But I I still think that he is a bona fide stud, and will you'll see him the second half of the season. Pick up and and draw more targets because he's he's really good. I know Jake Bobo had some targets last year and played a big last week and played a big snap share and people are excited about him because nobody knew who he was, but it's
1: still JSN there. Mm-hmm. Don't they want? I think everybody's searching for we missed on Puka Nakua, so we're like, there's got to be another guy who's going to be well, like Puka, right? Hey, oh, Jake Bobo, let's make him it, that guy.
0: It's so funny to watch us chase that, and it, and if you do. Because so, I I, I prep for your the, your first question about whether the first round matters, and if you look at an, analytics, I know that's a bad word. I know that that <laughs> you know if we're a football guy. We can't we can't can't talk about analytics, but the numbers say that Puka Nakua, being a fifth round pick, had about. An eight percent chance of of producing a top 24 season in his career. So, like, and now that now that you've seen him produce, now he's one of those outliers. Like, he's one Mm -hmm. of those eight percent, he's he's good. So there's no question to me that Puka Nakua is a good player. But coming out, playing the numbers, because that's what you should be doing, if you make the bet that is most likely to happen all of the time eventually you'll come out ahead like that's just how that works the, the numbers and it's not going to be the right play every time because it doesn't work that way i know that we want to think that analytics has you know this magic bullet and, and they can predict the future it doesn't work that way you're making the best bet the most often and eventually that shakes out over the the large sample size and so that to me is you know how how you play you don't don't chase don't chase because they're it's it's rare. And if you're chasing, if you got Puka Nakua in the third, fourth, fifth round of your rookie draft, that's when you should be chasing those guys. Because those, you know, a, a third or a fourth or a fifth round pick in a rookie draft, those don't matter. Those don't ever hit. Like, you know, those are those are two, three, four percent chance of hit. Like yeah. that's awesome because now you made a bet where you you spent a pick that had a two percent chance on a guy who had a nine percent chance. That's a win. What if you're Arguably spending...
1: too much math for me to what? handle here, Zach. I'm sorry. sorry. I, don't... I was with you until then.
0: I, I don't... I spend way too much time with Peter Howard. I don't do math. With, like, <laughs> man, he just starts talking and, and uh, it's variables and, and X and we get irrational numbers and it's just a bad scene.
1: No, I do love it, though. I love that. That's a great point.
2: Yeah. So kind of what you were saying and we'll go back to the the first question here uh zach since you kind of touched on it a little bit so is draft capital like with 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 these kind of outliers of puka and you know tank dell you know some of these other guys that have been hitting that were later round draft picks um you know is it is it just kind of a fluky thing that that we're we're above the the mean here so to speak it on hit rate and it's you know, in years to come, here we'll have these wide receiver classes that, you know, don't hit at all. And you know, kind of what, what's your feeling about that with with draft capital versus the the hit rate that we're seeing?
0: Yeah, and and so it like draft capital and and hit rate and and the the first round capital absolutely matters. Like it does uh, because that tells you that an NFL team is going to invest the time, energy, and and snaps like they're they're going to give the opportunity to these players so that's the first hurdle that you need to overcome as a rookie is even if you're good you need opportunity to prove that you're good so somebody like Puka Nakua coming in as a fifth round pick he's got an uphill battle as opposed to somebody like Quentin Johnston who came in as a first round pick he should have every opportunity throughout training camp throughout the rookie mini camps and and the preseason to prove himself so it's a lot harder, and that's part of the reason why draft capital matters. The other part of the reason is the NFL is actually pretty good at this. I know we kind of dump on them <laughs> for their their drafting, but like they're pretty good at evaluating players, you know, like Belichick and wide receivers excluded. But <laughs> but they they're they're pretty good at this, and so most of the time the guys who go in the First round are the best players, and so you get a leg up because you have opportunity. You get a leg up because you're a better player, and and that's kind of how this works. So so the hit rates for rookies still decrease progressively by the round they're drafted in. And, and Peter Howard and and Dave Wright and uh, Jacob Rickroad have done like a ton of just to name a few guys that I really respect. They have done a ton of work specifically. On this and on the hit rates of, you know, the, the draft capital, draft rounds that players are taking in the NFL draft, and then the hit rates of our rookie picks by round, and they, they both decrease a lot, but, but it's not predictive, and this is what we were talking about before. Like, it, they're not saying that because this player was taken in the top 12, he's going to be successful. He's just got a better chance. To be successful, and so Mm -hmm. you know, you you still have players who are drafted and flame out, even though they're first-round picks. Nikhil Harry, I'm not sore about that at all. I'm not. They, (laughs) they they definitely, you know, that's twice (laughs) the
1: spot inside of 30 minutes that you've mentioned Nikhil Harry, and I was having a good time. I'm sorry, I look twice. I'm
0: a, I'm a very bitter. I am. I'm having. I'm having post-traumatic. Rod Rust flashbacks. I I (laughs) sat through a one in 15 Patriots team when I first started caring about football, you know, like, like eight year old Zach is there and Rod Rust just running the team into the ground. And now I'm, I'm back here. With this team that should have lost to the Bills, like I was cheering against them, I wanted them to lose. Don't, you know, just just fully embrace, fully embrace the the. You know, maybe we can end up with Drake May. Maybe you get uh, Marvin Harris Junior. It Doesn't matter. Somebody to to add to this team that is just abysmal. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got Nikhil Harry uh, on the on the brain. It just flashbacks. Like Nikhil Harry's in the trees,
1: man. <laughs>
2: All right. Um I know you touched on JSN as one of your kind of guys. You're expecting to have a strong second half of the season. Is there anyone else that you would be focusing on right now? Um to to kind of take that jump in the second half here that you would be trading for?
0: The the injury well, of course. I wish you had me on last week because it would have been JSN, it would have been Jordan Addison. Though like those were the, the top two wide receivers in, in the class for me, they had underwhelmed That feels like a little bit of a cop-out now since Addison went off for 100 and whatever it was Mm -hmm. yards yesterday and and JSN had a touchdown and and 60 or 70. To me, right now, it's uh, maybe Rashi Rice in in Kansas City who started off a little slow, scored another touchdown this last week. People are still kind of like hemming and hawing. Andy Reid doesn't really like young wide receivers. He doesn't play rookies. But guess what? Patrick Mahomes likes him. Patrick Mahomes likes him because he's open all the time. And Rashi Rice did that in college. He drew tons of targets. He can go down the field. He can play big, but he can also separate and, and he has a, a nose for the end zone. So that is uh, a player that I really am interested in a, acquiring. And so, like, and to me, it's it's that or it's. Somebody like uh, a Charbonnet or a Roshan Johnson, who you're, you don't wish injury on anybody, but you also understand the landscape of the NFL. And I think Charbonnet and Roshan Johnson are both very, very talented running backs in a position where you have that elevator, in a position where if something were to happen to Kenneth Walker, say, he wins Publishers Clearinghouse. He gets a month-long vacation. You know, he's going to Bora Bora. All of a sudden, Charbonnet could step in. Charbonnet has, I think, better pass-catching chops than Walker does. He's not quite as explosive, but but you know, Walker's a top eight running back right now in in PPR. So why, like, why not go attack that? Where it's kind of the the theory behind zero RB. So people get scared of zero RB because I think you're not drafting running backs. So the, the real title of zero RB when Sean Siegel wrote the original article is anti-fragility. It's, it's a bet mm-hmm. against injuries because you know that running backs get injured at a higher rate than other positions. So adding somebody like Charbonnet, adding somebody
2: like Roshan Johnson for
0: the second half of the season, it's, to me,
2: it's a smart bet. Mm-hmm. Now, I've been a big Roshan fan um, all through the offseason. I, I said going into the season, I figured by the second half here, he would be the the main ball carrier in, in Chicago. Uh, with what we've seen Foreman do and, and Cleo Herbert's coming back from injury, is there still a clear path for him to take over that backfield? There's never a clear path.
0: But I think that, again, it's it's a matter of opportunity. It's, it's what Deontay Foreman did this past week. It's the what if. It's the man if Roshan Johnson had been healthy. And that's what you're hoping for because, to me, he is an absolute workhorse back. Like, he is phenomenal. And the only reason he didn't get to do that in college is because he is behind one of the top three running backs that I've watched since 2017. Like, in terms of film grade, it, it's Christian McCaffrey, it's Saquon, and then we're at Bijan and Jonathan Taylor like he is that guy and so it was hard for Roshan Johnson to to get any traction in college and also I don't know I don't know how much you guys know about Roshan Johnson coming into college he was a quarterback in high school okay oh, so no. he came in had not played running back until he got to college oh, wow. and and so he played at Groves High School in Texas he had seven thousand seven hundred and ten passing yards. Huh. He had four thousand nine hundred rushing yards and eighty-five total touchdowns as a high school quarterback. Hey. An absolute monster. And they he came in. They were like, "Yeah, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna move you to running back." And and so he he kind of bounced around, learned the position, and you can tell that he played quarterback when he is in pass protection. That man. Blocks like crazy, which you expect to eventually mm-hmm. get him on the field. He's a great pass catcher and a good runner. So, like all of those things, I love. Sometimes, you know, the NFL they, they make make guys earn it. It's just kind of what we do, and especially with the running back position.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Especially, with and the we Bears. never know
2: what I was going to say. We never know what the Bears are doing, yeah. so it yeah. makes sense.
1: I also can't believe that his college literally did to him what the NFL tried to do to Lamar Jackson unsuccessfully thankfully yeah. but that really happened the man had to go through that he changed his position that's crazy talk
2: mm-hmm. yeah so what about the uh, I know we've talked a lot about the running backs and wide receivers um let's let's switch it up and talk quarterbacks here for a little bit I mean it is the sexiest position let's be honest um you know we've got Stroud, uh, who has played really, really well uh, throughout this rookie season. Um, we've got Young, going through some growing pains. Richardson can't really make an evaluation uh, from the limited playtime. Although, I guess asking you, the rookie guru here, uh, from what we saw from Richardson for those first few weeks, does that give you hope that he can take that next step? Cause I know a lot of the knocks on him was his accuracy. Uh, and, and, and we were hoping, you know, he play this year and maybe take that Josh Allen next step next year. Uh, but now that he's been shelved, uh, does this change anything or, you know, what are your thoughts on that? So again, it's
0: to me, we're, we're playing a different game than the NFL is. And I think that's, it's, Difficult sometimes to separate it, but what we're playing is a proxy. So like an NFL quarterback does not equal a fantasy quarterback for fantasy. Anthony Richardson is fantastic because he is, you know, the the goal back. First of all, he has potential to take off and add points with his legs at any time. The problem I think that we're going to see with him is that that accuracy. And is he going to be able to? Uh, he just got to—he's got to complete better than sixty percent of his passes. Like that's just and he, and he was right on that. Like this was a nice start to a career. He's he's completing fifty-nine and a half ish percent of his throws. You know, obviously short short season, small sample. The injuries—he got he got nicked up a couple times, but it's it's not a bad start. But I do think that the NFL is scared. Of guys who they they're quick to go away from them. I mean, how quick were, were people ready to turn on Justin Fields? How quick you know are are they to to Trey Lance? And and now I wasn't a Lance guy, but like he didn't ever really get an opportunity outside of four games in his rookie year where they were just like, yeah, here, run to to prove himself. And so the NFL. And it's it's really funny because they've started to kind of turn, but it's it's a little bit like turning an aircraft carrier, like it's really <laughs> slow. They're thinking on it because they they are quick to default back to that pocket passer, that comfort, that this is what we've always done. Uh, even even the Lamar Jackson, and and it's funny to watch fantasy watch Dynasty three weeks ago. If you tried to trade Lamar Jackson you could not get anything for him and it was because people were worried that he's just a runner and maybe he's at the end of his you know end of his rope uh, as a runner and then you have last week where he throws for you whatever know, everything all the time He's <laughs> real casual yeah. yeah yeah like he but he he has has always been a better thrower uh Jalen hurts has always been a better thrower than somebody like Richardson and so it's to me it's a little bit of a scary proposition for Dynasty he he, I would treat him as a running back in in the way that I think about him in Dynasty because when the way I play running backs is I'm going to use them for two years three at the outset and then I'm going to try to trade them for a pick and a young what I consider a young proven player, usually it's wide receiver. That's how I that's how I trade running back. So I use a running back for two years, three, maybe three, and then trade them, depending on where my team is at. And I think I would treat Richardson the same way because I don't think you're guaranteed the longevity if he does not develop into a passer. I think you're gonna get his, you know, his four years or five years of a rookie contract. And I think they'll use him because he's talented but if they can't get over the hump as an NFL team there's nothing tying them to Anthony Richardson. So uh, again, very good heartening. I like what we've seen. But I haven't seen enough yet as a thrower not to not to mentally treat him like a running
1: back when I am looking at my dynasty rosters. It's mm-hmm. a great way to put that I've never once considered it that way, but now it's all I'm going to be thinking about. I was actually in your first part thinking, (laughs) I'm going to go find who has him in my dynasty league and send a trade offer. And then you got further into your statement and I said, well, okay, I will back off a little bit. And I don't like, I don't mind the trade offer part of it. Like, I don't mind going and
0: acquiring him, especially where he's injured. You might be able to get him for somebody might oh, he's a running quarterback. So there's this logical fallacy that they get injured more often is really funny because oftentimes the running quarterbacks can can kind of manipulate the hit that they take because they see it coming as opposed to a guy who's not mobile who's getting hit from the blind side and you don't have time to kind of you know situate yourself so like i'm not i'm not averse to going and trading for richardson any more than i would be averse to going and trading for Priest hall or you know, who at John Robinson, like I, I will go acquire those players, but I'm acquiring them with the idea that my window for them is to maybe three, because I want to trade them before their value starts to go. And I'll, and I'll give up a year or two of production to gain, to, to get back the value, to recoup the value. And like with running backs, it happens so often and you're making this bet and this is another one of those where we talk about percentages you talk about making a bet and you have to do it every time because yeah. if you don't and you start picking and choosing you get caught with Todd Gurley you know oh, no. and, and and like look you 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 trade CMC and yet like you missed out on CMC because he's this incredible player and he and he's continuing to produce but maybe you got back you know, AJ Brown and a draft pick. Well, it's not that bad. Or maybe you got back Justin Jefferson and a draft pick with like at the beginning of, of Jefferson's career. Same thing with Jonathan Taylor. If you traded to Jonathan Taylor after his, you know, he was the running back one. That's when I want to get out. Not because he's the running back one, but because I've already had two years of Jonathan Taylor and now it's time for me to recycle that, to go get a young, proven wide receiver, which is how I build my dynasty teams, and get another pick. I get a first-round pick. All of a sudden, I can add another running back to that wide receiver, and I've, I've got a, a nucleus to build on. And so that's that's just kind of how I approach
1: that. I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We well, talked about Anthony Richardson, who's out the rest of the season. Which quarterback, who's who's still, fingers crossed, healthy and going to stay healthy from these rookies. Would you rather have the rest of the way then? I mean, it's got to be Stroud. Stroud's shown so much that like he's, he's been,
0: and he was my QB three coming out. I, I had them well with grades. I had them Bryce Young, Stroud, Richardson for fantasy. You had to have Richardson to me first and then young and Stroud, at least on, on film. But like I always describe watching quarterbacks and trying to evaluate quarterbacks is a little bit like throwing darts blindfolded in a hurricane. Like you can kind of figure (laughs) out like which direction sort of they're going, but yeah, that's understandable. Well, Well, wide receiver, can we, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's just just so much we don't know. We don't know the play Mm -hmm. call. We don't know if they're half field. Like there's just so much we don't know. And there's so much, That's predicated on what's going on in their head and how they
1: process so hard. Well, you mentioned Stroud, so I just have to do this. And Dustin, you know, I'm going to try to steer him towards somebody here, but I want to jump (laughs) over running back to wide receiver for just a second. You cannot say Jordan Addison or Jackson Smith and Jigba for this answer. You can't do it. We've already talked about it. (laughs) What other rookie wide receiver would you be interested in the rest of this season? Who would you be most (laughs) interested in? Who would it be?
0: are you are you trying to are you trying to tank Dell me? What are you what are you doing? Never, I, would never, I would never do that. So with my mouth, but with my it's, eyes. It's funny. Well, so it's funny. The the way I end up drafting in the back end of my rookie drafts is listening to other really smart people. Peter Howard is one of the people that I consider really smart who I listen to. And he was on Tank Dell from the beginning. And, and so like and what he's done has been fantastic. And it, it I ended up with more uh more tank dell than I ever thought I would, and also Josh Downs, which like those are those are Peter Howard's two guys that he loved. And I'm like, all right, whatever, I got a third round pick. There's nobody here that I really want. Peter, you're the guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna take downs or I'm gonna take down those two players, I think, have been really promising early and i think they continue to be uh going forward and it's really nice to see especially with Dell nice to see him because he gets open so easily and that's what he did in college too is he just separates that he's he's going to have four or five yards because he can come up plant get a defender going one way it's almost like that Iverson crossover and then he's gone the other way making making a defender guard him in two different directions so if you can get if you can get him going one way horizontal and also drive vertical, now they've got to make up two directions. That's what Dell does, and Stroud is really good at at finding that open player. And so that's like I, I don't I don't disagree with that at all. This is this is a good class.
1: This is a good class. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I, I, all right, I, I won't. I won't take up any more time trying to force uh, that particular issue. I deferred back to you, Dustin.
2: All right. And um, let's let's finish off with the tight ends here. Um, You know, Laporta has been amazing. Nothing that I expected, uh, at least this early on in his career, uh, especially with how the Lions treated uh, TJ Hawkinson. And I know you said you're a big fan of Mayer and um, Kincaid Um, what about after that? Any, any of the rookies that maybe you'd be targeting, uh, that you think are going to have a strong second half of the season here?
0: So rookie tight ends, uh, the second half of the season thing is not what I'm looking for. Like rookie tight ends, it's really hard to get on the field. It's really hard to produce. It's really hard to learn because you're essentially learning how to be an offensive lineman and a wide Mm -hmm. receiver at the same time. And so, like, I love LaPorta coming up. Loved him. Like, I'm sitting there watching, and it's like, okay, this, he reminds me so much of George Kittle. It, this is fun. Even I didn't expect him to come out in, and be a top five tight end. Like, I, I'm sitting there going, well, if if he can get in the top 15 and start to see more targets toward the second half of the year, and then the first game of the season he comes out and he's just lighting it on fire, and I'm like, Peter's like you're brilliant. I was like, nah, I didn't think that this was <laughs> going to happen. Like this is this is a little outlier in terms of. So like, there aren't any tight ends that I'm looking for. I wasn't even expecting this out of the porta. So there aren't any tight ends that I'm necessarily expecting to be great second half or be fantasy producers. I really like Tucker Kraft. I really do. I I know Tuckeronian. He, <laughs> he hasn't done very much yet. He was injured early, but like I really think that that could end up being the situation like happened in Baltimore where Hearst was drafted first, and everybody was like, Oh yeah, and he came out and had a couple of games early, and people were all excited about Hearst. And then all of a sudden it was really Mark Andrews. That would not shock me if if that flips in Green Bay and Tucker Craft is actually the tight end that you want. And I, I ended up with him in fifth rounds in like three of my leagues, I think. So, which is sixty percent. I'm not a I'm not a high volume guy. I'm not a portfolio player. I'm like <laughs> I, I'm like I have four pages of a notebook folded into my pocket, and that's that's how I play. That's it.
1: I love it. <laughs>
2: would well, it be nice if the Packers actually could have a couple? Uh, relevant tight ends on their squad for a change <laughs> after not having one, what feels like forever. Um, <laughs> all right. So um, is there anything else, Zach, that you want to talk about here in regards to this, this class that you feel like we haven't touched on yet?
0: So I, I just want to go back and reiterate this because I feel like I get kind of beaten about the head and face when because this class two years before was the next great thing it was the the best class ever and then when we got into the draft process so many people are saying oh trade away your 23 picks this is this class is terrible and i'm still sitting there like i'm watching tape and i'm like this this is still that class like this is that class there there are two running backs There are at least two identifiable receivers with four or five more that are really good. There are three quarterbacks, and the tight end class is really deep. Okay, so now here we are. We're seven weeks in, headed into week eight. You've got three top 24 rookie wide receivers in in fantasy. You have two top 12 running backs. Okay, you have... A top five tight, a top five rookie tight end, and you've got three quarterbacks who have been their team starters. And Stroud is a has been a player that you have wanted to start on your fantasy teams as a mm-hmm. rookie. I don't know. Don't don't go back and look at Peyton Manning's rookie year because I, I you, you <laughs> did not want to start him like this. This class is that class. It has been everything that everybody built it, and we got Puka Nakua out of it.
1: <laughs> A little bonus cherry on top. Why the hell not? It's incredible. Well, you tell them mm-hmm. you deserve. I know you're not the guy to do it. I know you don't like the victory lapse yourself, but I think you deserve one. I think you should do it. Now to quote Bob Dylan, it ain't me,
0: babe. I, I don't that's not my thing. I don't I don't I'm very bad at, at self-promotion. We were in the in the, the DFPN chat last night, and, and J Mike and I were going back and forth just being Excited about Jordan Addison, who is both of our wide receiver one. And we're we're talking and and all of a sudden he says, you know, I wish we were better at self-promotion. I'm like, it feels so
2: gross, though, doesn't it? It 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 does does. for the most part. It It does. does. I mean. The only time I like to do it is when I'm rubbing it in Jake's face, but uh, other than that, that's yeah, out, out to the masses, yeah,
1: I, I'm I'm the same boat. I don't like when that. you can look somebody in the eyes and do it. That's when it's okay. When you stare them directly in their soul, that's when Dustin's yep. all right with it. That's right. That's right.
2: Okay. Well, let's move on here. Uh, kind of wind down here the show. Uh, move away from rookies. Um, we'll we'll look ahead here more uh, redraft oriented the rest of the show. Um, we'll do our starts of the week here. Uh, the recap last week, uh, Jake, you had Christian Watson at Denver, uh, coming in with a paltry 5.7 points. Uh, Eric jumped in with a start of the week. He had Romeo Dobbs, um, also at Denver, uh, slightly better at 11. And then I took Brian Robinson, uh, at, at the Giants, uh, came in at 8.3 right in the middle. None of us really hit on our starts of the week, which is really disappointing, Uh, Because I felt like we had a pretty good uh, string there of a couple weeks where we were given some uh, good advice. But uh, let's get back on it this week. Um, Jake, let's start with you. Who is your start of the week?
1: Part of this is just me wanting to will it into existence. Okay, so I put that out there initially. But doesn't it feel like Brandon Iyuk should have had three blow up games the last three weeks? If you're just watching him play, how open he consistently is. And it's not necessarily that he's not getting targets, but he's not getting the best targets. He's not getting the most high-quality targets necessarily in these last three weeks. And he's managed to hover just around 10 fantasy points in full PPR during that time. Now, the matchup, it's not a matchup-based thing necessarily that I'm saying. Him against Cincinnati is this amazing thing that we get. but. If we just, I'm going to take the betting advice here from Zach, right? If we consistently bet on the thing that should be happening, eventually, damn it, it's going to be proven right. And I think that Brandon Ayuk is the right bet to make every week. We're just not seeing it happen thus far. And maybe we get a little bit of the shootout here with the Bengals versus the 49ers. I mean, you would argue that you already saw that with the Vikings and it didn't happen, but I'm back in on Brandon Ayuk here. Uh, hoping for a nice top twenty finish at least.
2: Nice. Zach, do you feel like jumping in here with a with a start for this week? I could give you a start for this week.
1: So the
0: and this offense has been pretty abysmal. The 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 Pittsburgh Steelers have been terrible, but they're playing Jacksonville. Jacksonville has given up uh the second most quarterback one games so far this season. They have also tied for the second most Wide receiver one games given up this season. George Pickens is going to have uh, a game burn it to the ground. George Pickens uh, at least a touchdown and and some some
1: big uh, big yardage, maybe a one handed catch too. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, just for style points. If you're in a league that gets style points, especially, it just be waiting for
2: that. Mm-hmm. Be
1: amazing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my start this week, I, I didn't put anything on the show sheet because. Every time I was looking at the schedule, trying to figure out what the hell uh, start I was going to give you guys, I just I kept coming back to one, and I didn't want to do it because it, it's going against my homerism here. Uh, but I'm I'm going to go out after the Jordan Addison breakout party last week. I'm going to go back to the well with him, uh, going against my hometown Packers. Uh, he is the real deal. Um, we don't know yet if Jair is going to play or not. Uh, he he's been out the last couple weeks so if he doesn't play uh, our secondary is really beat up right now so uh it'll be pretty easy feasting for uh captain kirk and jordan addison so i expect them to have another big week this week
1: yeah fine i'll allow it (laughs) only because we've talked about jordan addison on this on this show a bit uh yeah i i hope that it doesn't happen for selfish reasons but uh i think you're going to be right jl mm-hmm. Garafalo, by the way hey jl in the chat my boyest he says that's b o y no b o i y u s and he said that spelling was inspired by me saying IUK is going to finish i don't i didn't make the connection personally but i'm a pretty stupid guy so that could be on me <laughs> and not on jl <laughs>
2: Okay, Jake, and that just leaves us with one final thing on the show sheet here before we sign off for the evening, and that is our upcoming uh, shot bet. Uh, it's your turn to said said bet, so lay it on us.
1: Look, man, I thought about not making this gross. There's a great one on here that I could do. it. I could say, let's stay out of the grossest. Let's make it a primo versus primo guy. I decided against it. I decided, let's get gross. Let's do this thing. And Zach, you are under no obligation to put yourself on one side or the other of this. But you are allowed to either side. Pick your favorite. We're not doing one player versus one player. We're not doing position versus position. We are doing one player versus two players at their respective position. We talked about Jacksonville and the Steelers. I want to know... Are you more interested in full PPR, Travis Etienne on one side, or Najee Harris plus Jalen Warren on the other side? What do we feel here? Dustin, kick us off. Do you want to believe that the power of two can actually overcome Etienne?
2: Do I want to believe? Yes, I do. Um, Do I actually believe that?
1: I don't know. Um <laughs> <laughs> I see. So you want some more time to uh to debate this, I think. Well, Zach, what do you feel like if you were to choose one side? What would it be?
0: I think I'll i uh, take the ETN side. And, and and as a as a pass guy, I think that you're gonna see some some TJ Watt and some, oh, I gotta get the ball out quick,
1: and and that benefits ETN. I don't hate it. Dustin, yeah. have you decided. Does that sway you at all? I mean, that was that he needs to ball out.
2: That was my biggest concern. Was just that you know front line for Pittsburgh. Um, but I think I will stick with my gut and go ETN as well.
1: All right, gentlemen. Well, I get the benefit of two. Was this maybe a, a ploy on my part to hope you would pick the two? Yeah, did I oversell it? Probably. So uh, I will be back here probably to take the shot and call you both geniuses next week. But we'll see.
2: (laughs) All right. Um, Any final thoughts from either of you here before we sign off for the evening? I I got one.
0: JL, John Luke in the chat, congratulations. I I saw he got married this
1: past weekend. so (sighs) He did it. Congratulations. Very big congratulations. Uh, I think that's probably the third best day in his life. Behind only when he got to meet me for the first time. And then second was when he won his fantasy league last year. I heard all about it after I met him the first time. So I think this is a top three moment, though.
2: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, um, Zach, I'll give you a moment here to plug anything you want. Tell the folks where they can find you, what you're up to, things like that. So you can find me at the
0: Dynasty Dummies, but I'm always going to plug fantasy cares fantasycares.org you can donate there all year round now it's a 501c3 charity organization and if you find their youtube you can watch the sfb 13 weekly wrap-up with with russ fisher and there are giveaways there are places you can donate there are a lot of fun things to me fantasy cares and adding that charity element to your league's you know, even if you're not involved with fantasy cares, you can do that. You can throw uh a one of your lead dues to a charity, take it, you'll feel better about it. It's disposable income, it's a great thing to do. And and so that's that's my always my parting shot is charity and fantasycares dot
2: mm-hmm. Could to set it better myself. Um Well, as always, folks, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, You can find my partner at Jake Trowbridge. You can find the podcast at Drinking Fantasy, or you can find me at FF Dusty Dog. We are here for all of your fantasy or non-fantasy related questions. Uh, Do all the things we tell you to do every week. You know, give us five stars. Give us a rate, review, uh, subscribe, all that good stuff. uh, So you know when we are doing what we're doing, when we go live, all that fun stuff. Um, and as always, folks, we'll see you next week. Keep drinking and talking fantasy football.
1: Cheers F efforts